0: Welcome to episode 63 of BoardWars.eu, your regular podcast about Star Wars Imperial Assault, a miniatures game by Fantasy Flight Games. Just a quick heads up, production of this episode took a while. Technical as well as personal problems just wanted to keep this one in the bag. But you know what? It's out. Also, hit us up on the Euro Championships. Contact us on Discord or chat us up there. We will probably wear some recognizable t-shirts for for some of the time, so we should send out a bit. And it's it's just in a few days, so you should find us there. Actual news you can find at 5 minutes, Vassal Skirmish as well as two new FFG articles are on the target. Community Watch starts at 39 minutes, we talk about worlds and especially about the top 16 stream of the, uh, on the FFG Twitch page. We do continue our discussion on the Wave 11 re- reveal, of course. Thrawn, Ezra, janon all in there. Fast forward to one hour and one minute for more. Lastly, do not forget to join our Discord server at https://discord.me/bweu. Like always, thanks to our patrons, and now, have fun with the show. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of BoardWars.eu. And we are one host short today, but uh, that shouldn't uh, make that much of a difference, because we wanted to do a short episode, uh, even though it's after Worlds and we need to talk about Worlds, and... Uh, the host that missing today was at Worlds, but more about that later. First of all, we have our hosts, our regular hosts, which is me, of course, Stefan, and we have Jeppe. Good evening. And Jeppe, you will be moving soon, right? So you, you, You've been in the Netherlands for the longest Shh, time, but you are returning don't,
1: home. Don't let the Empire know, but I just acquired a new... Um... It's called a rebel Hideout. base uh, in a further northern, uh, not as north as uh, as Parthi, but uh, further north. Of yes, okay. uh, that's true. We're uh, we're poised to uh, to move to uh, to Denmark in two months. I need to spend a little bit of time in a back to tank before then, but uh, we yeah. just um, finished up negotiating with uh, the people we we're buying a house from. So mm. that is uh, exciting and somewhat headache-inducing
0: times. Yeah. Uh, we also have Parthi on the line. Yeah. Hello.
2: And uh, Jeppe. Jeppe knows that I own my own cave here. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh,
0: it's another it's another rebel stronghold in Finland. Too much
1: information. <laughs> yeah.
2: And um, uh, did you know that uh, this week F- Finland was the hottest country in Europe? The the hottest
0: one. Yes. Yeah. I, okay.
1: I also heard something about the Finns struggling a bit with with ice hockey lately. Something is it the heat perhaps or was it
0: something
1: about
2: <laughs> No, well. Every second game goes badly. Have you I really heard they looked,
1: someone? I, I, what's I heard going they on? lost to a third-rate country in ice hockey. I don't know what was the name again. Um, yeah. Um, oh, it was the Danish.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> I feel the tension it, rising here. <laughs> it, it, it was Germany. <laughs> 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 okay.
1: I don't so, think anyone, neither the Danes or the Finns, should talk anything about being dominated
0: by the Germans. Don't no, mention the war. Yeah, that's that's bad. Okay, so um, we are missing Alistair today, if you haven't figured it out already. Uh, he was at Worlds, and we wanted to record when he got back, but it was like a, a scheduling nightmare. It's a it's a week after Worlds now, or almost two weeks after Worlds now. And he had birthday, his birthday yesterday, I think. If I'm remember, remembering correctly, yes.
1: So he's been yeah. uh, absconded on some secret celebrations today.
0: Yeah, he has been kidnapped by his relatives and being. Or actually, I don't know if it's relatives or his girlfriend. I don't know. Uh, but he's been kidnapped for a for a secret party and or not so secret anymore. And he's to attend there. Yeah. Cantina <laughs> music. Yeah, and he will be celebrating today and isn't on the show. But he. We will be recording ideally next week where Alistair will report everything he still remembers from Worlds, if he remembers anything. And of course, we have another event looming on the horizon, which will be in almost exactly two weeks, which will be the European Championships in Birmingham, where all three of us, so Jeppe, myself, and Alistair will be attending. So that is also great.
1: Let's call it attending and not competing.
0: Yeah. I, I, I chose my worlds carefully world because I, I plan on playing there, but I don't plan on winning that much, so <laughs> we will see. Um, also, for a little bit of cleanup, if you're used to listening to the podcast uh, in the usual way, there's a new way to listen to the podcast, which is actually uh, joining on Discord and listening in, on live, which usually we record our uh, podcasts on a Thursday, Thursday evening, European time, which should be th- <coughs> Thursday... Uh, noon to afternoon in the US so if you got some time to to kill you can listen to us live at that time there's a podcast live chat channel on the discord where you can also send in uh, live questions if you, if you talk about something or if you are wrong about something and you need to you need to correct us which happens quite frequently I think so <coughs> uh, but I, I think that's all for cleanup we will also talk about uh, what what's up with our video from from worlds but more about this in the community watch first of all we have some news again and of course with news we will go to yep we
1: we have indeed we have three pieces of news the first one is that the module for the vessel uh, has been updated some small tweaks and uh, most importantly the new rotation maps are, are now in in the module and you can find that on the on the vessel page for the so. you need
0: to say the name now I want I want to hear this the name of it's the of the new of the new
1: it has it it has um <laughs>
0: don't chicken <me> out now
1: <laughs> it has added the uniform Sierra... Uh, <laughs> no no no, no 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 say Romeo it go say it. uniform entertainment uh, district
0: yeah so um, we are playing the new map is on Coruscant of course I yes. can say Coruscant but I still don't know how the how the actual district is pronounced Stéphane, yeah? y- you screw. Yeah, I'm I'm screwed. Yeah, I know. So either it's it's you Screw or I like to I like to call it you, Screw, o Screw, whatever. I don't know. So it's the it's the entertainment district. It's it's
1: the place to be well and duly entertained.
0: Yeah, yeah. We talked about the map already, so let's just uh, head on to the other articles. I think.
1: Yes. Um, what we have is we have got the uh, a couple of articles on the Fantasy Flight form. The first one is called Celebrating the Best in the Galaxy, which is basically summing up some of the macro numbers from the World Championship from all the different Star Wars games. Um, So you can see, for instance, that 22 countries were represented. um, And uh, mainly that's North America, uh, Australia, New Zealand, Brazil, and a bunch of European countries, um, mostly Central and Western. North. I see Finland is missing, and Ireland and Portugal, maybe Luxembourg as well, but lots Paz, of countries... You need, to
0: get a game, you need to get your game on.
1: And, and uh, I can see there's also, has been someone there from Kuwait, actually I've heard of him, I think he's one who's been steadily playing X-Wing at Worlds for several years in a row. But uh, 22 countries is not bad, uh, you can see a bit about the representation that uh, um, that from uh, from abroad, besides the Americans... Uh, about one fourth were Canadian and one fourth was, were from the UK, which I think is impressive with all the players from the UK there. Um, I don't know if they all traveled or whether it's just a lot. Um, yeah, lots of uh, players from all over. You can see a bit of that as the numbers. Um, 943 unique players. I think the reason they the unique players is that probably some of them were signed up for more than one of the, the games. Five different world championships. Um, By far the largest one is X-Wing, swiftly followed by Destiny. And then uh, a little bit uh, lower rung, you find Imperial Assault, Armada, and the Star Wars card game. And I'm actually surprised to see that Imperial Assault had a fair few more players than Armada had. Um, Yeah. Especially because I think it's more or less reverse at the Europeans, where tickets are still being sold. But at the Europeans, they've actually had to... uh, They sold out for Armada, and then they... Added more tickets and sold out again. To me. Um, That's weird. So, but Imperial Salt uh, Pound is doing really well as well. So it could also be something about the number of, not of necessarily of the interest or the willingness to travel, but of course about the, the, the seats being available at the tables. Um, three... What I,
0: what I want to know is, will there be a, a, a Legion Championship next year, or did they just, do they just not do them any at all?
1: Um, so I've only because Legion is already out. Bit. So. I've only been following this a little bit on the sideline, and of there will be something akin to a World Championship for, for Legion, and I should say for X-Wing as well. But I think that they might not necessarily happen at the same time as the other World Championships. Which well, do You mean
0: for X-Wing 2nd Edition, or...?
1: Yeah, they're, they're changing, they're shaking up the structure quite a bit for X-Wing, and I seem to... Uh, it, um, Take this with a huge grain of salt, but I do believe that Legion is also getting a quite a different kind of tournament structure um, from from okay. the, the other or the more traditional one used to. And and I do think that I, I recall having read something along the line that the X-Wing World Championship might be at a different time, um, which to be honest, I think is probably a drawback and a boom. Uh, a boon in the sense that hopefully there will be more tables for the other games, which has been a consistent problem. But a little bit of a drawback in that I think it's pretty amazing for all the Star Wars things to stay together. And again, I'm yeah. not sure, but it's I haven't looked into it, but I just recall sort of having picked that up. But um, something to uh, to see how that uh, develops. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Sorry. Sorry for the for the side question. Um. Yeah. I
1: was not completely uh, up to date on it but anyway um, there's been 3,515 games played across all the different games 421 of the games played were Imperial Assault and you can also find the names of of all the world champions of all five games which were maybe not surprisingly uh, dominated by the by the Americans but of course Daniel Taylor is the repeat champion third time uh, in But America. it was close. Yes. Um, I, I'm i not entirely sure of the World Championship in 2016. I remember it was Trooper versus Trooper, but I remember... Now, the thing is, when you look back at a game, uh, the end result can often have like a big disparity in, in points, but maybe it was close if just some small factors had gone differently. But I recall the end game of last year, uh despite Paul being a basing player I, I i think he was in the final um but i, I, think I so, recall, yes I recall the final last year as being not as exciting as it this year, sure uh, yeah, where it was very much back and forth uh all of them though very uh watchworthy anyway, speaking of uh watching them um uh, they've also logged the number of views on Twitch, and that is more than two hundred and eighteen thousand views and um uh, you can read more about the number of meals and price tickets and what uh in this article, FFG, yeah.
0: So, just to just another side question, these price tickets uh, will there something similar be going on at the UK Games Expo? Do you know? Um, the thing because it's is, it's my first time being there, so uh,
1: the thing is, last year it was presented as also having a price wall. The thing is, this. The, I have not experienced it, so this was really something we should ask Alistair, and I'm sure maybe some of our listeners have from Worlds. But my impression is that uh, previously they've had prize walls at Worlds, which is like, like a whole lieu of different things for all the different games. And then you, instead of winning specific prizes only, you win prizes or, or prize tickets which is a kind of currency for which you can you can pick up prices at the price yeah all arts think, cards yeah, mostly or and, and and that means there's an opportunity to pick up uh, all things that you might have missed because they were out before you played or you just didn't uh, manage to win them they were around in tournamentation. station i think in fact maybe you could use it to pick up stuff for the other games even one of them yeah um, how about, do you get these you get them for playing uh, uh, you get some, I think, just for being uh, a participation, and then you get them just as you progress through the tournament. Okay. Um, That's fine. About Europeans, last year they had promised, famously, a, a prize wall, and then there weren't one to, oh, to, no. the, to the disappointment of, of people that they had to, to, to roll back the intended prize structure.
0: I mean, it's a good incentive to not only show up at the tournament, but also try to at least win some game.
1: I think it was maybe a a, a, a sort of a good idea originally, but I, I assume that it also sort of rests on the fact that if you're in Roseville, Minnesota, you probably just get them out of storage, whereas... If you're all across in Birmingham, they already have to move quite a few things there um, for some of the games, or, or from other places in Europe, where they're used for official play for the different games. I think all the prices. I don't know if that was a logistic uh, limitation. That's just my uh, my assumption. But uh, yeah. that it might be more difficult.
0: To do I mean, I expensive. mean, Asmodee is a is a is a large company now, so. I think this this excuse uh, doesn't fly anymore for me. <laughs> I mean, uh, sorry, they...
1: so, sorry for the aside. Um, speaking of Asmodee being a large company, I I heard just uh, earlier this week Esmodee is up for sale. Really?
0: <laughs> Who's going to so, buy that? So,
1: so they've. So um, for those who don't know the the, the uh, backdrop of it, Asmodee um, was um, bought up by a. Uh, primarily French investment bank or investment fund of some sort, yeah. uh, a number of years ago, and that's when they went on a on a kind of killing spree, gobbling up everything, small and large, in the industry, becoming a part of ASMI, including FFD. Though I think with FFD, there was sort of a little bit more, had the hint of a merger, uh, also with the FFD. Um, CEO uh, Christian T. Peterson taking over, leading Roland Esmoday. Um, but anyway, uh, they're up for sale, so uh, it's interesting to see what happens in terms of um, the investment bank that has fin- financed all this—if they want out or if they want to now try to sell it off for even more worth. Or I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm not concerned, but I am following it with uh, so you are curiosity. Concerned. No, with a degree <laughs> of curiosity. <laughs> I've well, not been alarmed about the yeah. whole you uh, thing, but it's it's um, it's not insignificant. I think what's happened to create a company for the industry
2: in you know. general. Yeah. Well, they haven't said that they are uh, no, looking, the looking for a buyer, but they are no. searching for an evaluation for the company. <laughs> yeah, so so yeah. it can mean um, it can mean uh, yeah. very many things. For example, if they are trying to acquire acquire another company with. Uh, Stock exchange or something like that. So, yeah, so yeah. they have some valuation to base their yeah. uh, sort of um, stock, uh, <laughs> stock uh, swap. Yeah. On mm-hmm. but uh,
1: well, uh, that was an, an aside. Um, do we have anything more about the the sort of article here wrapping up worlds? Um,
0: Not really. I, I just um, there were some statistics on uh, on the FFG OP Twitter about. Uh, distributions of hey cat uh, about the distributions of the factions for the Imperial Sword Tournament I will try to link them also in the show notes it's not overly surprising so there's nothing really to be to be gained from this it's uh, what you expected with IG Han Vader and fairly 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 good representation of all three factions into the top 16 and and overall in the Swiss round so
1: yeah um all right. um speaking of Europeans a moment ago the um Next article news is called Let Me
0: Show You. What's going on? Oh, what? Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So, there was a hiccup. Um... And I'm a- slices
1: are in the hollow net. Yes,
0: yes, the slices are. <laughs> yeah, but now let
2: the episode us. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> so, uh, before we go, I, I, I'm actually not sure how I did splice this up again, but um, we were starting with the article. Article, let me show you. Before we got disconnected on Discord, yes, and all of yes. Discord went down, and it was down for a few minutes, but it's up again. So, Yepa, why don't you start over with the is- with the article we started to talk about.
1: That is the confusion if anyone was ever bold enough to introduce time travel into the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. All right. Um, speaking of Star Wars Rebels, um, let me show you is the third and final piece of news for tonight. It's an article on FFT Forum that uh, sets out the prices for the European and the North American Championship. Uh, and those now have sort of they have the same kind of prices and price structure, more or less. Um, one thing that is a bit curious is that this article is about one to two weeks old, and they still haven't fixed a funny little uh, slip in there, and that is that the North American Championship is at Gen Con, which is uh, in Indiana, I believe, Yes. and according to the article, the European Championship is also at Gen Con in the US. The interesting <laughs> so, thing is uh, the
0: the actual hyperlink that's underlined, yeah. uh, underlined there actually points to the UK Games Expo so the link is right but just the text of the link (laughs) is wrong
1: (laughs) Yeah. Alright, let's have a look at the prices. First of all um, just for arriving there and signing up you will be getting an alternate art of the uh, Skemys version of Canon Diarros which is Probably something we should pause and look at because I believe this is the first yes, time we see his skirmish version. And also, this
0: is about. I, Also, I think this is the first time that we get a uh, an alternate art card before the actual card has been released.
1: Yes, which makes you wonder why that is.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. I don't like if it. I, I. actually, this is. I was about to say but this is uh, like. Actually,
2: actually, we just got today. Oh, oh, it was yesterday we got uh, at the printer yes. announcement or at the printer status on the upcoming I, page for this. I guess this play. is
1: actually not so different from the localized versions in, in Europe where they were a little bit behind on the meta and I remember the stories, especially from Germany, where uh, they could win the banter yes. uh, at a time when they were not allowed to play with the banter <laughs> because it was not available in German yet and um, there was a lot of confusion with the the tournament regulations with the tournament maps and so on—it was all a bit, uh, a bit wonky. And but I actually believe, if I'm not mistaken, the the alt art banter was actually in German. So even though you couldn't get That's it in, German in the stores and you couldn't play with it in the tournament, that was what you'd be winning. Of course, this is a bit different here. I don't know if it's because they had expected a different release schedule between um, the I just told the new. Uh, Thing and and this tournament. I just hope this isn't a sign that
0: they they are lagging with their releases and they actually expect expected it to be much farther ahead with their releases, which would be weird. Yeah, yeah
1: it could be, could be. Parsi, couldn't you talk us through uh, what Kandjara's offers to the prospecting skirmish player?
2: Kandjara's is uh, unique and elite <laughs> and uh, eight points. Uh, he has 14 health. Black defense die. Speed of four and green, green, yellow melee attack with uh, search abilities for plus two damage and uh, PS three. Uh, the lightsabers used used uh, used to have this PS three. It's, uh,
0: it's not all that uncommon. Like it's not all. It's very similar to how Ahsoka works, right? Also the search for plus two damage and yeah. the search for PS three. And also I think Vader has this, and Jedi Luke has the same. I think. Jedi Luke only has for one damage. Oh, but okay, plus one damage. But, here's still but the, the
1: PS3 is a stable amongst yes. uh, lightsaber wielders.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But uh, Kanan has also Force Vision. At the start of your activation, your opponent chooses one of his or her ready groups and must must activate it next, if able. I think this is very similar to the campaign version, which we will get to a bit yes. later in this episode. And he also has Sorasu Form, while a friendly figure within three spaces is defending, it may reroll one defense die. If it does, uh, convert each dodge result to two blocks and one evade. And if that figure is not a force user, you suffer one strain.
1: Did we talk about his traits and his cost? Yeah, cost no. I
0: think passes it. Yeah. He's a force user and a leader.
1: I think the, the first one, the force vision, where the opponent has to basically choose who they want to activate next... Um, at the start of the activation of Canaan, reminds me a bit of wordings that I know from another FFG game, which is not longer in their um, in their uh, arsenal of games, and that is Fury of Dracula, that had something similar and some rules about when when you're meant to to reveal or say something or that you're doing next. Um, I think it's really cool. It's some of the stuff that I've advocated earlier that I'd love to see on on uh, Granite Malt Throne. Um,
0: he also has something similar, at least in the campaign, which we'll be seeing later, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's a a really, really amazing ability that your opponent has to declare intent. And I think the basically idea is that you're bound by that intent. So you have to say something that's possible, and you have to do that if it's possible when your next turn comes around. Which is, uh, I think, it's such a strong thing. And I think his second ability, Soraya's Reform, really opens up for playing lists of several false users.
2: And one of the reasons why the opponent cannot activate a group is because Kanan just took them out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, So
0: just for, for, to, to clarify the, the rules of that. Say, uh, the opponent wants to activate like a group where is, where there is only one figure remaining in it and Kanan goes and kills that group. What happens next? Does, does the rebel player controlling Kanan activate twice or does the imperial player just activate another group?
2: You activate uh, any oh, any so, ready group of your choice. Yeah. Okay. So
1: it, but it's still interesting in the sense that if it's a two activation thing, you can remove one of them. Or if yeah. you have ways of, of otherwise making it difficult for them to do stuff, um, it's 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 so good. And now we've recently got a, a ruling on Provoke in the recent FAQ, and I presume um, that it's something of the same here, that at least the, the Provoke... Uh, clarification in the FAQ were that it basically only counts till the end of the round. So um, for instance, if yeah. if your opponent has already done all their activations and you're going with Kanan, you can't you can't make them say what they want to do with their first activation next round which I remember being less than pleased about with Provoke because I just love that card so much but I think that's all quite fair here, as I presume they're doing the that. It sort of resets at the end of the round so you don't have to Sort of predict uh, or bind yourself to what you want to do with.
2: Yeah, it's it's logical that it only lasts for for this uh, yeah. current yeah. activation yeah. phase because uh, the activation phase is where the activations happen. Yeah,
1: and then rerolls are great, and there aren't that many defending uh, rerolls. Um, but here, where you basically get one, and and it says friendly figure, so it applies to himself because there's no another in there. So at the very least can uh, always has a re- I know at some point you're going to run into a a tough luck from your rerolls but that's going to happen anyway because your opponent can reroll your dice as well and so on I think Not uh, all
0: opponents but
1: No 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 but it's true um but I like him a lot and also a nice little touch which I don't recall if we talked about when we talked about them and we saw them in their mainly campaign version and that is that they all got the subtitle with the specter and their uh, identification so yeah, Karen Jarvis is Specter 4 Yeah Nice little thing. Um, more thoughts on Kanan from you guys?
0: No, I want to know what I'm gonna gonna win if I qualify for for the cut. <laughs> which I'm going to do, of obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: um, all right. So the next, so so Kanan, as far as I get, we will uh, all receive that for participating. Then um, there are uh, for uh, making tier two, you'll get five acrylic terminal tokens, uh, which are like silvery with black print um this is a bit um undefined in the sense that i don't know that we know how many will qualify for day two respectively in europe and the us and i don't know I, I somehow expect the north american championship to have more players so the cuts might be of different sizes but if you make the cut you get these uh, these tokens at first i was a bit disappointed because there's already acrylic uh, terminal tokens out there but um, and i've also actually bought some except besides the ones from the tournament but uh, but these I think might look quite nice when we see them up close, at least the pictures I've seen of some
0: of the are other they tokens, Are they yeah. two-sided? Are they printed on both sides? Um,
1: it doesn't say, so that is actually going to be interesting to see. I don't think that's the case with,
0: I hate with that. the red and white tokens. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I hate that. I that's, hate. Also, that's,
1: that's also why I went out and bought some acrylic yeah. tokens from a, I still, a third party.
0: I still have the, the, the acrylic health tokens I bought, and they are very nice. But the yeah. only flaw they have is they are not printed on the backside and if you're dropping a bunch of them on the table in a pile, half of them are going to be on the wrong side and you have to flip them all over and since the the, the fiver and the one are are very similar in size and they have the same shape, it's yeah. hard to distinguish them on the wrong side. So I if they are not if they're not uh printed on the backside I would be really disappointed. I mean I'm not expecting to get any of them, but still the the, uh, prize for for making the cut and that they should be printed on both sides. That's just what I want. So, So
1: the next bit is for Top 64. I don't know, I I guess they haven't started signing up for Gen Con yet, I'm not sure. It's it's not until uh, August, I think, if I'm not thinking around earlier. But for the Europeans... there's still more than half the tickets left, so I think there are less than 60 people signed up. So unless there's a deluge of people and you play really, really poorly, um, you'll be certain to get the next one because that's top 64. And the top 64 will be uh, double-sided spot-glossed plastic deployment cards. So the more thicky version. I think they'll be a bit like the H case we saw at Nationals uh, uh, just in the last season with... Um, an elite riot trooper on one side, and the regular on the
0: other. And uh, the alternate art on this card is amazing. That looks that looks so fucking cool. <laughs> so the riot trooper is just—he looks perfect.
1: <sighs> and it's also nice because it's actually something that's. Worthwhile playing right now. I have to say I've I've been looking a little bit less of alt or or at, at articles and news lately about uh, what's coming uh, in tournament kits also for Armada because I'll be out for a few months over the summer, yeah. and uh, that means I'll miss a number of things in rotation. Amongst other things, I think Ahsoka is coming, not for the Europeans, but for uh, one of the other tournaments, which unfortunately I don't get to participate in.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, The interesting thing about the Riot Trooper, the alternate art, it seems to be the same art, piece of art that is in the original card, just with another background, in, with much more detail, I think. So yeah. It, yeah. it just... I, I, it's so sexy.
1: <laughs> in fact, I am considering um, to play Ahsoka at the... Yeah, me too. Uh, so that was the 64. If we look at the uh, top 32, you will get a uh, binder, and it's a commemorative binder, so it will read top 32 and 2018 on the front, and uh, there will be either North American Championship or European Championship, and it's basically a binder that you can put your uh, upgrade cards in. Um, It says 9 standard sizes, is this for the mini... I don't know if it's. I presume. I oh, not sure if it holds if nine,
0: the, nine per page, it's the same size of binder I have, and it's just the regular deployment cards.
1: Yeah, but the ones for the mini uh, yeah. are also I nine think, per page. <laughs>
2: yeah, okay. I think I think they made oh, a says, mistake mistake with this because all the cards in Imperial Assault are medium sized and not standard. Yeah. But but. Yeah, uh, yeah so it's probably not mini, get, but
1: it is for your deployment cards. Yeah. Tell you what, I've bought a lot of those binders, and I will soon find myself with too many of them. Uh, because for X-Wing, they're removing the mini cards entirely, and I have uh, several of those mini binders that I had to uh, sort of order specially to get for for what is command cards and upgrade cards in in, uh, in Assault and what's uh, uh, yeah upgrade cards for yeah. X-Wing as well, and so on. And also these things, I suppose. Also, if you're lucky enough to get one of those. Uh, There'll be more room in the other folders I have for Armada and, uh, and x <laughs> Um Alright, um, if you make the top 16, you will get a uh, commemorative medal, which will either read North American Championship or European Championship. And um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in one earlier version of the... Of the document, uh, the British Isles were missing a European. Really? I mean, Ooh, that's it led bad. to a lot of discussion <laughs> about uh, uh, certain uh, certain uh, countries leaving the European Union and whatnot. But I think it was basically just it's uh, it's it's graphics that they had made. I don't know if it was intentionally making a joke or whether it was actually a slave I don't from, think uh, so. <laughs> yeah. There's also some other islands uh, missing here. The... Nevertheless, you get a, a nice big fat medal, and I think it's not the kinds that had a pin that were. Used for games for the games uh, tournament kits quite a while back, but it's the big one you hang around your shoulder over your neck like they had the the previous years. In a sense, to emulate the ones that um, the rebels get at the end of a New Hope, I think. Yeah. Except if you're except a, a if Wookie, you're of a Wookiee, yeah. right? <laughs> I would not be surprised if top 16 corresponds with who makes the cut, but again, that depends on the players. And so the cut players might also get the well, be the ones that also get the acrylic uh, terminal next if you make to top 8 you are going to get a a playmat uh, but it's not the kind that actually have the mat on it but it's the ones that you put on the table and then you can put your tiles on top you, I don't know if the size is the same as the normal playmat so they actually don't work so well with with uh, official playmats but it's basically showing um, on one side Ahsoka and the other one Darth Vader they seem a little bit it's like the same thing you see on the playmats with the, with the actual missions on them. But they seem like they're a little bit... that One of them should be turned to really be facing off. But anyway, it will be um, saying either 2018 North American Championship or European Championship just depending on which of the tournaments it is. Yeah. And then uh, next there is Top 4. If you get a Top 4, you earn a free ticket for the 2019 World Championship. That means you don't have to either pay for or tournament or for the uh, trying to get in and uh, get the few tickets that uh, often the two few tickets Um, so that's basically just it's not uh, so much uh, bling bling but just uh, something possible uh, further on if you can afford to travel to Minnesota next May of course then we have the runner-up so whoever is is making it to the final but not winning it will get a plaque, just like the old tournament plaques, Uh, that will then say finalist for either North American or European Championship. I think it's really neat that those are a different nice touch. And then, last but not least, if you become the champion, you obviously will walk home with a big trophy. Um, Hopefully you're not flying, we'll have to make room for it. (laughs) But um, with it, uh, more importantly, you will also be getting a free AFA, airfare and hotel for the next world championship
0: and I think it was uh, like the last year too right so it
1: was, it was. and what they have then done uh, I think they've written this a little bit better because I know last year it caused some confusion with the wording but basically uh, you win a free event ticket for a guest so uh, you do not get travels and hotel for for your friend but you get to give someone else a uh, a, it, a possibility to participate if you can afford coin yeah
0: which is a bummer but it it's still okay uh, at least no, that the, the winner nice. gets free free hotel and free flight so that's fair. yeah
1: I'll be a tip of the hat for them that they changed the wording a bit because last year it was if you really read it clearly you could see that there was a distinction between what the the friend did and what they didn't get um, but I think most people uh, missed it on first read through I, I we were being confused a lot of too so it's yeah yeah but <laughs> so... it's 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 clarified uh, now yeah um, so, yeah, those are the things. That what's not mentioned in here is that I'm sure that for both events there will be side events, so um, at the time where the Top Cut is playing on, there might be a side tournament. I think at the Europeans it's probably going to be four-player uh, free-for-all skirmish games. Yeah. Um, and there will also be some rewards for that and it is possible that, uh, for instance, the uh, something like the acrylic tokens or the Riot Troopers or other stuff will be available, or Something completely different. Uh, last year we got, I believe, Nexus and, and Ewebs in the side event. Yeah. So, them be the prizes. Um, yeah, looking good. It is interesting that we're getting Kanan spoiled, but also, as you mentioned, a little bit funny that in the tournament kit when it's not released yet.
0: Yeah. And Pazi said that uh, yesterday, I think we got uh, the update on the upcoming page of FFG that the expansion and the packs are at the printer. From which yeah. I think it's going to take at least two months or so until they show up. Maybe even more, because usually printing takes two, three, four weeks, and then after that it's at least four weeks to the U.S. Yeah, for shipping and then distributing and then release, and plus two weeks for Europe. But last time we had a simultaneous release with Heart of the Empire, so I'm not sure if Esprit can make it happen again. I wish, but not sure. So we will see.
1: I mean. I I don't know how much their production chain or their development team or, or their their public relations or whatnot, at uh, at f or Asmodee North America, is interlinked to, between the different games. But I do wonder if, with all the talks we've had about why we didn't hear more about Imperial Assault, I uh, I do wonder if it's the massive push they've had to make for. X Wing Second Edition, and I'm not just thinking about publicity, but also about producing. There, it's a massive undertaking that they're basically releasing um, updates for almost all of the existing ships. Um, that's due to be out already yeah. in August and September. And we also um, had
0: just Legion was also just released, which is also quite a quite a big box. With a lot of cardboard and a lot of cards. So I don't know
1: if that's why or whether it's just been a a choice that they they haven't given us news. And one thing to maybe close the news out with is rather the absence of news than news. And that is that um, there's been a lot of hype about the so-called hyperspace uh, report that was done and announced. Uh, for happening during uh, Worlds, and it was announced as being part of something with all the Star Wars games, with the logo for all the Star Wars games and so on. Um, and it certainly had us all hyped, uh, us inclusive. Um, and um, and there was absolutely nothing about anything but X-Wing and 2nd Edition, mm-hmm. which, um, which was no news for us, and I'm fine with us not getting any news, but I think it was a bit of a letdown that... Uh, that a lot of us were sitting tuned in, watching the stream from from Minnesota, and I also know people who were traveling to worlds from Armada or or X-wing or or Imperial Assault, well, X-wing players are maybe less relevant, but that went to this um, yeah. uh, hyperspace report, uh, expecting to hear something about the other games. Uh, then it was all X-wing. I think that was that was fumbled a bit on uh, FFD's uh, part that they sort of mislabeled that uh, that press event.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure if it. It's something they wanna repeat next worlds where they also do a hyperspace <laughs> report, or if it's just something they really uh uh put together just for the release for x wing the second edition, which I think I th- is what's happening so
1: i I think that they're doing this in flight report. At GenCon every yes, year, but that's... so I'm sure we'll hear news from then. And I think it was, I thought it was a really great idea to do it for the Star Wars Worlds as well. But I think it was a problem that they made a bit of a misnomer of what it was about. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I like the idea. I understand if it's not feasible. I'm uh, still.
0: It's. I. I don't think it's too bad because what this means is that they don't have to. They don't have to devote too much time during the actual in-flight report at GenCon for for talking about X-wing Second Edition. Which this is time we can hear about other products, including Imperia, yeah. also. Which I think they will try to push out another com- app campaign soon-ish. Which means yeah. like after after um, Tyrants of Lothal released. So yeah, we'll see.
1: And if, I mean, if you are an X-Wing player, uh, they're doing something untraditional uh, that they haven't done for the games beforehand, and that is tomorrow, and that's by the time we're recording, so tomorrow, which will be the 18th of May, uh, FFG is doing the first of several uh, unboxing videos where they themselves are unboxing and doing all the content of these conversion kits to convert 1st edition to 2nd edition. So it's, I mean, we're often in that, Limbo, or sort of that perfect balance between enticement and getting a little bit, but not all of it, for whenever there are new waves for all of these games. But basically, it seems like they're going the the full nine yards with spoiling a lot of stuff for uh, for men Second Edition, and I guess they're doing that early to to really keep a hold on uh, all the the old players. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that was more than plenty from the news, and also the lack thereof.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, which means that the news section is over, we come to Community Watch, which this episode (coughs) I'm sorry, this episode is mostly about Worlds. So Worlds Top 16 and Worlds uh, Swiss happened, and during Top 16, FFG did stream the Top 16 bracket on YouTube, where they did stream four of the matches, one match for each stage of the tournament, and... I was restreaming that um, that video feed and uh, overlaying with my own commentary because last year we had the problem that the announcers weren't too deep into uh, the actual rules and what's being played and what's hip right now. So the so-called meta. So I thought uh, it would be a good idea to actually restream that and also enhance the stream with uh, card overlays and talking about which cards are so sur- are currently. Um, involved in the action and which not so I think for the first time uh, for doing it the first time it actually went quite well it was like a very unopportune time for me because it was (laughs) right middle in the night so pretty pretty grueling but uh, I made it through it was six and a half hours it was I think after it after it was over it was late even later than three uh, three a.m. in the morning I for think
1: me it was so past four o'clock in the morning here. Yeah,
0: even, maybe minutes. even past four in the morning it was yeah. not that good for me but you can you can also watch this on youtube now i uploaded it on, on our uh youtube channel and it's, it will be linked in the show notes but yep you wanted to say something
1: uh no no just yeah i i know that it was past four in the morning because i had to get up uh very early the next day and uh and, and drive for uh, for ten fifteen hours to uh, to Denmark because we're going there hunting for a new house. I mean, secret base yeah uh, from the Netherlands. Um, so uh, yeah, that's why I wasn't part of the uh, yeah sure uh, because next... I was packing while yeah. I was following it. But yeah. uh, I know painfully well how late it got. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, it was nice to follow. Like I said, if you if you enjoy watching Imperial Salt, which I very much do, uh, it's certainly a A good thing to to watch our restream the the stream on the FFG Twitch page will be down by the time you listen to it I have not checked but I think it's down already so most of most probably it will be down by the time you listen to it so it will be too late to actually catch the original feed but like I said just go over to our YouTube page and you should find it really easily but it's really long like six and a half hours so okay uh, also, after, before and afterwards, we had, uh, science finance. So Kenny doing a lot of episodes. So I think he put out eight or nine episodes surrounding worlds, which is, which is like a two or three weeks period. So I've been listening to all of them until now. And most of them are worth listening to. Uh, some of them are really interesting. So you should, uh, check it out. He had on there, uh, of course, Daniel. He also had the uh, Brett, and he had uh, I don't know. He might have had uh, I don't know. I don't know. He had a lot of a lot of people who made the cut or who do, who didn't make the cut. Very interesting to listen to if you are interesting interested in how actually which exact lists were played and which interactions happened during the matches and so. So very detailed reports of the matches too. Also, we had Twin Troopers releasing another episode. Also about Worlds this time and it's also worth listening to. So for Worlds at, uh, specifically, uh, Alistair was there and he will speak about uh, how it went next time, which will be next week actually, because um, in two weeks when we would be actually recording next, we will be already in, be in Birmingham for the European Championship. So we will be pulling the next episode a little bit further to us. So we have time to talk about what Alistair faced in his, whoa, so someone fell over. Jeppe, are you okay? Okay, yeah, so Anastay will be talking about uh, what he had going on Worlds next time. Uh, now we have a little bit of a controversial issue. Uh, Jeppe might also weigh in on this, but uh, Brett Kelly, who you might know from his Twitch uh, streams, who was preparing to play uh, with Rebels, most specifically Han, Han uh, Rangers, for like a few weeks before uh, Worlds, switched to mercenaries. Ig, uh, Weekways, like a few days before uh, before Worlds, or even on the way there. I think he he talks about it in the podcast on Science Finest, and this was a bit of a bit <laughs> bit of a uh, a topic on there that uh, that he said that this change was mostly prompted by uh, or some. Some of it was prompted by the release of the new map which uh, the the list he played benefits quite nicely from having an, an additional turn to prepare to draw cards most specifically blaze of glory and also focus up the weak ways and make them make them hidden uh, so this was actually a bit of a, an issue yeah but do you what's what's your thoughts on on, on Brad switching over to to mercenaries heresy? Um
1: couple of things. I'm I'm quite a bit uh, behind on a number of the other otherwise brilliant podcasts, but it's been really heck hunting a house and being away in Denmark uh, Wills actually, for the last week on. So I'm not up to date. Um, I recall having read somewhere, maybe on the forums, because I read them a bit, more. I were able to, to actually listen to podcasts, that he had come to the conclusion that he changed. I think it's very sensible to, to adapt when there's a new map out. Um, I also have to say that while at the last podcast, I think I was um, also expressing my joy at how the game is at its best right now. And I still think that. But I have to say that um, as much as the game is at its great, greatest right now, I still think that I would love... To, I, I mean, I'd love to see even more variation. Uh, and I think they're viable in parallel. They're certainly viable rebel. List. But um, for better or worse, I'm maybe not so surprised that uh, mercenaries took the day again uh, uh, in the in the final match. Or I mean, Daniel took the day again. I mean, it's but, it, it, but wasn't, it, was, it wasn't it like
0: wasn't as clear cut as last month, no, no, right? No, so
1: maybe not. Um, but I think last year it was also, as far as I remember, there was, well, he was always extending a bit, hoping to get certain cards, uh, John and Terror or take initiative or some such, and didn't. And then that was part of yes, caused the game to be a bit one sided. It could have gone very differently for. Um, so I don't know. um I haven't had a chance to rewatch the top games again. I watched them live, but as I mentioned earlier, I was, I was mm-hmm. packing to to travel a few hours later. Um, so um, I don't know. I I mean, but as my he plays many different things, uh, so I'm not surprised that he can can swap to something else and do really well. And uh, I I don't know if he had a certain affiliation or loyalty to a certain <laughs> faction. I for sure myself has, has had a had a large change of heart uh, about a year ago in what I what I play so uh, I don't know if it's controversial I think it's uh, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's rude to to adapt to the changes Yeah, uh, uh, clearly his list did well if I'm not mistaken except for a minor variation Uh, I think he close to the one Daniel Taylor took to 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 the trophy
0: the funny thing is that even though he switched from Han Rangers to uh, IG weekways basically he also said on the podcast that the actual playing style is very similar uh, with Han being, Han and the IGs being the queen pieces and the IGs and the rangers being the, uh, bishops or, or knights, however you want to call yeah. them, where you have yeah. to position them right and then they can project the most impact. But the actual funny thing is that he actually lost to a Han ranger list in the, I think it was the, the, uh, round of four, if I'm, yeah. gonna, it must have been round of four, yeah. So that was funny to see. So, he also talks about this game in length on the, on the science finance podcast, which you should yeah, listen to. I also.
1: really, I want to hear those uh, episodes, especially now they're moving towards to towards Europeans. And I've been, I've had less time lately and especially over worlds, but I've also been getting very few games of Imperial assault in, which I'm trying to remedy now though. Mind you. Yeah. But I've, I, I've played more Amada, which means I've also been in more of an Amada mindset and I, to, to shake that up a bit. So I'm looking forward to hearing those uh, podcasts. Yeah. Um, Incidentally, I played uh, just yesterday and today. Uh, yesterday, I'm I'm trying out something with Han right now. I was playing against uh, Isaac, uh, also known as Keijo. that was probably how you pronounce it on our yeah. Discord. Um, I played against him yesterday. A game that's yet to to be finished on Vassal, where he we both played lists uh, with Han. And this afternoon, I played against. Uh, in fact, I played against Brett Kelly's list this afternoon. That's why. That's probably how I know it the best. Not from his. Uh, his appearance on the podcast or what's written on the forum so I played against it today Um, obviously not played by Brett Kelly but by a a really strong local player not one of the strongest Um, and I played Han and it was interesting to see the dynamic between the two different lists and I can see what he's saying I think a lot of the lists have that to them Um, what I tried uh when I was playing a little bit more often, uh, some months back, was actually not having like a queen piece, but it's it's difficult not doing, to do without like a, a Han or an id or maybe yeah. even a, a Luke. Uh, but I think it's interesting how, how differently they work, in a sense. Um, they're very similar, they both have some strong cards, um, they both have options to get extra act, a, attacks in on different manners, and uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. Mm. Even if I'm still complaining a bit that I want even more variation in the game. Yeah. I think my problem in Imperial Assault is that I don't play enough to really have the... Recently at least to have the experience or to test things out. But I also, am, um, I'm a little bit less keen to play things that are provably successful. So... Um, when I'm saying the game needs variation is that I think there are so, so many things you can play, but I actually find that it's difficult to find something that's not being played, but still workable. So right now, for instance, I'm making silly experiments with Ahsoka and uh, Rebel Saboteurs, mm-hmm. which I think are below the power curve for different reasons or vulnerable to a bunch of things. But because I like those uh, yeah. Bastard that broken things, Bastard scribbles and broken things. To take a reference from another from another world. I've also considered Davith for the Europeans. Um, Davith and Ahsoka was something I'd look forward to to play for a long time, but they never got around to. And to be it's difficult. Yeah. Uh, so so I think whether he plays rebels or mercenaries, he's clearly got some really sturdy list with some A hitters and some really good value for points and and so on. And if there's a thing, I was surprised to to see from from Worlds, in a sense from Brett's list, but also from uh, Daniel Taylor's and those who did well and made it to the cut, was that um, I think maybe there was an expectation that the number of activations would drop a bit uh, when Vader and Han Solo and Chewbacca were fixed, and with IG also had been fixed recently. Um, I played nine activations at Europeans last year. I didn't horrendously uh it was maybe not the right nine activations and i didn't play them well enough but um i had thought that maybe the number of activation would drop a bit but it seems what we've seen for the last couple of months is that it's still high um and uh, and i think that's interesting
0: it's funny also that the the imperials will be getting another way to achieve these high activation counts with the new releases so We'll see if this is yeah, something. You you know, I'm, I'm
1: I'm so very curious to and eager to hear more about the skirmish stuff coming. I'm
0: not in I'm not totally bit. against that many activations because it it no. it gives both players a lot of options and and has you think about which steps to take. But it's certainly much harder to control than a uh, than fewer activations. So.
1: No, me me neither. And of course, a couple of those activations are typical. Pieces that do support, and there's right now a uh, still ongoing, but sort of rekindled discussion on the FFD forums about the rebel care package or for uh, the temporary alliance in, in general. And uh, often, like six or so points are, are put in support one way or another, either to have the support or to allow you to get it in, if not rebels. And uh, and that also does something to the activation uh, mechanic. I, I I think it's nice with the activation economy, but. Uh, but I'm still surprised that it hasn't dropped a bit, and uh, not—it's it, not a bad thing necessarily, uh, but just a just an observation.
0: These yeah. things stood out to me. Okay, so to close this out, do you have any special thoughts or feelings on the new map and the new missions on the map? So I
1: think I mentioned this uh,
0: before we start. Have you actually watched the the final sixteen plays on the new maps, like the fi- I think the final and the uh, the round of sixteen match of Daniel Taylor against whom I can't remember right now.
1: Um I watched them when they were live. Okay. Like, yeah. yeah, I think he played a game against the, the top sixteen was actually against uh Gil from uh, Gil from Denmark. That's right. Who was who was a judge at Euros next year and is against this year, and who I played against in the final at the Nordics, which I lost to him. And uh, he's clearly done well for himself in that uh, in that game. I recall that being um uh I think Daniel had a really good opening hand, but I also recall it uh, getting to be very close. Um, the the yeah, game sure, on the map, sure. but um, so as I mentioned when we talked about the map being announced a couple of episodes back, um, I played this map a bit around Christmas time when we were when we were all speculating about what map would be the new one, and we all expected it would be from um, from the Heart of the Empire uh, wave, and then we were surprised by the fact that we got the Mosailia instead, but I got to play a couple of games on this map, and I remember it as being really interesting but without having gone to a deeper analysis of it, um, and I've now seen those couple of games and I've played it on now um, I think it's a really interesting map in some of the things happening on it in terms of line of sight and so on um, which is actually pushing me towards now actually trying out playing hand Uh, for the first time um, because i like some of the things some of the arcs can do Uh, but i can also see how some some lists can be vulnerable that map Um, i think speaking of changing uh, lists hadn't daniel taylor been working a lot on vader and then dropped it like a hot potato because of this map
0: I'm actually. I think he no, was. He was not only running. He was not primarily running Vader, but he was mostly running Vader on on yeah. Vassal. Yeah. But he yeah. also he also played with. I think he he played with all three uh, factions yeah. Yeah. with the so, with the populists. So.
1: And that's the way to do it if you can get enough games in because you want to do it to experiment, but you also want it to really get into how different things tick and talk, so you can mm-hmm. you can sit across from it as well as uh, behind it. Um, I think it's an interesting map. Um, I have to say that I I'm going to miss Javas Palace because I thought that was also really interesting. Mm. And 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 there's a the sadness things get rotated out. Uh out. Yeah, I d-
0: For for me it's a, it's a bit different because I I played on Javas Palace and I I think I I lost so many games there that yeah. I, it's especially <laughs> tough to play on this with Han Rangers where you yeah. I, I played Han Ranger Chill on this on 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 Javas. Uh, on the Chavez, uh Palace maps, and it just—it's—it's it's really tough to get through. It's the line of sight just doesn't work for me, and uh, I, ne- I never seem to get to the to the to the rerolls of the the rangers, and it's all yeah. it's all really broken. So I was I was looking forward to it, and I still am. So.
1: So with the Oscrew map, and of course, there's a lot of. Uh, Analysis of it out there, I think, among others, Brett Kelly has done a very uh, good and thorough analysis yeah. of the map. But some of the things that stood out to me with it is that um, when we lost we lost uh, Diaver's Palace, we lost a, a mission that was very much about picking things up, which was nice for, for cheaper units, whether they're hired yeah. guns or especially, if, of course, the Alliance, rain, the Smugglers. And I thought I would miss that a bit in that... Uh, the missions on, on the group is they they are... Um, when I go to a new content, I often go through stages where some things sort of seem inconsequential. And then you find out ways to make them consequential. But then at the long run, as other everyone is getting on board with it, it becomes maybe less to make it what swings the game. And I felt with... I think we talked about this the last time with the mission where you have the Choreo droids uh, on the map that gives you six points. But they don't really get into play... Uh, at first because you only get them at the start of a round then they have to move the doors haven't been opened yet so it'll be uh, uh, I think was it at the end of round 3 is the first time you can score one of them
0: yeah um, end of round 3 yes
1: and that and that's one thing I'm curious to ask maybe some of the people at WorldSat because I haven't played it in a tournament setting and I'm very curious about how people experience playing on that mission on that map in terms of the speed of play because I think yeah. one thing that's nice about you screw is that it's it's a little bit slower in getting started, and it also lopsides a bit the advantage of initiative uh, in the second round versus the first round, and so on. And that's all good and well, but but I could be a little bit worried that if you play against someone who's slow, um, not necessarily by design, but just the way their list is and the way they play, um, then it can I could imagine it being a unsatisfying experience. And there are long discussions about the speed of play and so on, and I I've been worried whether that mission. Or this map in general, whether that would sort of accentuate those things. Uh...
0: That's basically what, what Kenny said on science finalists, and I I can see that that basically having an, an empty first round might be dragging out the the overall game rounds, especially if if you have an emphasis on high activation lists like we have right now. Yeah. But I don't think it's too bad. I, I think I, I think that the map has more advantages than disadvantages because. Yeah. Uh, it's enough of a difference to to make it feel different to play on there. That the start actually feels different to play on there, for me yeah. at least. So I, 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 yeah, the I, first like
2: that, yes, so. the first round goes quite quickly because you have limited uh, opportunities there.
1: I, I mentioned some concerns, but I have to flat out say right now I'm really digging the map. Um, I'm missing the uh, the the Javas Palace, but I'm really digging Uscrew, and I think I might grow to like it a lot. Maybe the most of all. Mm-hmm. Um, I I still have my concerns like a lot of other people about the uh, Nalhata but maybe it's nicely balanced out with, with what's otherwise uh, going on right now with the two other maps um, and certainly for both Vader and Han Solo there's some really interesting aspects um, even more than with maybe with Masaily back alleys with the whole concept of doors being open and then you get to do your Vader and or um, Han Solo stuff after the doors had opened so you can get in position to uh, I think both Han and Vader, uh, with a little help from an officer or Gideon, can get in a position to to get an attack in at the end of the first round if you want to and if you dare uh, be aggressive. And I think that's very interesting.
0: If you have on the la- on the lamb in the hand, right? So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or you can yeah.
1: have it and then uh, not use it when you should have because you forgot someone had Hera to give the. Amount of accuracy uh, they needed to uh, stun your uh, hand, uh, and uh, uh, yeah. When I played yesterday against Isaac, uh, sorry, I Isaac saw that, bring yeah. up our game again. Yeah, but, but we have saved the game because we ran out of time. But basically, at one point, both our hands were at nine health and stunned, which meant we could get no return fire and we could do no end of round fire, <laughs> which sure quite
0: meant. quite unique. And these stunts yeah. they, they actually mattered. So
1: yeah, they do. There you go.
0: Yeah. Okay, so I think that's it for for our thoughts about worlds and use uh, crew. Unless you want to add something? And you too. And you too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know. I know. It's it's going to be one of those days. Okay. So um, that's it for Community Watch. No rules clarification this week. But we had on over straight to game discussion. And we were talking about the, the article we didn't talk about last time. Which is the Wave 11 figure packs. Or the figure packs accompanying the Tyrants of Lothal. Game Xbox ex- expansion, of course, and so we have a lot of stuff in there, and I wanted to go over quite reasonably quickly, let's say, because we will be talking about them uh, all- again when they actually release, so first of all, uh, there are four figure packs in there, uh, two of the figure packs have two figures each, and two of them have only one figure, so you get six figures in total, all of them are unique, four rebels, one mercenary, and one imperial, so let's Yay. start off. And yeah, four no, actual, actual, rebel
2: actual, yeah. rebel actual rebel rebels. What? Four actual rebel rebels.
0: Yeah, actual rebel rebels. Uh, whatever that means. I mean, yeah. They are if rebels. If you watch the show. Yeah, they are rebels. Yeah, they are rebels, they rebels, are rebels from are rebels. the TV show Rebels. So let's get into it. Uh, first of all, the first pack we talk about is the Ezra Bridger and Kanan Cherus Ally Pack. As the name says, says you have in there Kanan Cherus and Ezra Bridger. Kinacheros is the card we talked about uh, earlier for the prices in the new in the next three tournaments. Just a just a skirmish version of it. It's basically the same. The only like all the stats are the same and the traits are the same. Um, the only difference is that uh, the 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 abilities uh, reference the imperial player instead of your opponent. So all of the other stuff and. The Soracer defense has a, has another caveat, which reads: if the figure does not have the does not does not have the melee weapon type, instead of the force user trait or a, um, weapon or attack type, you suffer one damage. And I think on the on the other one, it's one strain. Is this correct? Yeah. Let's see. I I keep forgetting that. Yeah, it's one strain. In in the skirmish, you suffer one strain, and in the campaign version, you suffer one damage. But it's it's very it handles very very similarly. So. Uh, there's nothing major to go over there. What we do also have in this pack is Ezra Ridger, which I will read out now So if you don't know him from the show, he is back to six. He's a force user and smuggler uh, used by the rebel factions. He is uh, worth or he costs you seven points and uh, He has ten health a speed of four a white defense die and a green yellow yellow melee attack he is an automatic block one he has a search for plus two damage, a search for PS three because of course he'll he wields a lightsaber, and he also has a search for recover two. Then his abilities are brash at the start of each round, move up to four spaces, and stronger together while attacking. Choose a hero within, within three spaces for each non-red die in its inside pool. You may reroll one attack die. So this is of course just to clue the listeners. This is of course uh, he should be used with other force user or similar. Uh, themed figures uh, as heroes, because all of them have have very good uh, inside pulls, so and usually they don't have, uh, on the healthy side at least, uh, they have no red uh, dice in their inside, inside pools, which means that you get to reroll all of your uh, attack dice, but then, potentially, of course. So, so any thoughts about uh, how these figures will be fair in the campaign? I, I mean, I expect them to show up in the campaign in the actual Tyrants of Lothal campaign, but would you actually include their side mission into your side mission, like if you play Rebels, because for me they don't seem to be that good. I mean, they are not costing you a, a, a lot, but uh, Ezra is worth like a an elite Jet Trooper group, and I don't think he brings enough to the table to outweigh this, is this correct? Um... I mean, I I can see it, but I
1: think he's he's very very mobile, so it's one of those things where it depends on the briefing. Uh...
0: Usually, you don't need this in the campaign, right? You you're starting off and you have the, the 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 first few enemies already in your face, so that the yeah. basically the his eight movement points are not that good. What can be good is if you can make him interact with something, but I don't know because then he can move, interact, and attack. Which might save you an action, like twice a twice a mission or so.
1: Yeah, it is at the start of the round. Uh, yes, the
0: yes, the round. but
2: the uh, yeah, yeah. rebels get the first activation anyway. So, oh yes, so, yes, so yes, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. very good, good for the campaign. Yeah.
1: And I think and seven I points. I on attacks yeah. are always good. Looking at his dice, I know this is the campaign version. It makes me weep a bit for the fifth attack. That's <laughs> suboptimal, but they shouldn't compare anyway. Um, I think the extra block with the white die is is great. Uh, recover is is great. Uh, I think he's okay. I don't know if I would bring him as a rebel player, but that's because in general not always uh, so keen to bring uh, allies. It depends a lot on the mission.
0: Yeah,
1: I think he's fine, and I think it suits him. I think
0: Ma- maybe they are also well. themed and costed around their appearance yeah. in the actual mission of the of the campaign. So
1: I think, if anything, I think. Um, Having seen the series, I um, I guess the stronger together sort of alludes to it, but I've always found that his defining feature was maybe of the strongest trait was that he, uh, the way he connected with things, especially with animals and uh, so on. So I don't know if I maybe would have liked to see something else thematically, but I think he's, he's probably okay, uh, sort of mechanically.
0: He doesn't throw me off the table or off the chair should i no, say so no,
1: no but i don't think he's bad either uh
0: it's just so-so okay so let's go over to the next uh ally pack which is um which, which includes seb and sabine uh first we have seb uh yep do you want to go over his card
1: yes and first i should note that this is his card period there's no different versions of him uh this is for both campaign and skirmish he's 8 points, he's Brawler Guardian, Severelius, and his subtitle is Spectra 4, 15 health, 4 speed, a black defense die, and a ranged attack with a red and a green. But he then comes with 3 printed accuracy and a search for 2 damage. And then he has a search that gives you both 2 accuracy and recover 1. And he has but one special ability. Bow Rifle Staff Strike. Once during your activation, you may perform a melee attack using two red dice without spending an action. So this basically makes him uh, comparable in certain senses with uh, Didai Luke, uh, with, with being able to, to do an attack without using an action just to, to get, get everyone uh, up to speed. Um, uh, it's the kinda... limitation. The limitation on attacks per activation is not one attack per activation. But it's that one of your actions can be an attack. Or including an attack. So if you have attacks that are not from the source of an action. It doesn't count towards that limit. So that's why he is able to both do regularly rage attack. And his melee attack in a, in a round. Um, I think he is bringing a lot of oomph. A lot of punch. He has about the same range. Threat range as Luke has. He's cheaper. And... Uh, doesn't have the massive peers, but uh, but then he has... And in the Skirmish, the, the Guardian trait is a little bit insignificant. Though it might work with him, um, but the Brawler trait is, is very interesting. Yeah, so you, for are, skirmish, you, have it,
0: f- you have a few cards that reference yeah. Brawler where you can move figures around. So, so for Skirmish, shots, at least,
1: but... I think he's he's really great. I also think he's fine in Campaign, but Campaign is a little bit different. So um, I think... I'm absolutely s- convinced that he'll do well in, in Skirmish. In Campaign, it's still... The question of what your empire opponent can do. With eight threat.
2: But it's, uh, 15, it's kinda, fifteen health. He it reminds me a lot is, of. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Pause Yeah, fifteen health is uh, is quite much for eight, uh, eight threat because yeah, he gets I, two attacks yeah. anyway, almost always. Yeah, well he can move eight and attack. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he clears his uh, worth of uh, threat very easily. Yeah.
0: Uh, he he reminds me a lot of Biff, uh, who was released with the Twin Shadows expansion. Except who Biff, also Biff did something similar? Uh, yeah, but yeah. It, <laughs> that's yeah. Uh, that's what I want to say. It's just a more playable Biff, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, Biff needed to attack um, the
2: same target with uh, melee plus range.
0: Yes, ranged. yes. Like I said, it, with with the Bora for uh, uh, stuff strike, it kind of works. It's at least similar to how Biff worked, but of course he's he's a much more refined version of that, and he actually his stuff actually works instead of Biff who who just dies. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, red dice can be fickle, but uh, they 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 definitely have the most. Out. Yeah,
0: if he, if you can can get access to any rerolls via command cards or uh, in the campaign via via some some stuff like Diala or or other or, other or other heroes, it's very strong. Or,
1: or or like an extra surge from uh, from either yeah, a power token too. or from a um, from Hera from a Gideon or yeah. Yeah. Well, Hera is probably not going to be together with him in a campaign game. Uh, with yeah. the no, but uh, in Skirmish, maybe.
0: Maybe in Skirmish, yes.
1: Skirmish, oh yes, oh yes. Um, it's Especially with the
0: two red, you less like to get a search. Okay, so Pazi, you want to tell us all about Sabine?
2: Sabine, this is her campaign version. She's Spectre 5, she's Hunter, 7 points, uh, 11 health for 4 speed... Uh, white defense die, and ranged attack uh, blue, green, green, so 4 accuracy minimum. She has search abilities for PS2 and another for plus 1 damage, uh, which uh, with green being a very consistent, here she gets a very consistent uh, damage. Then she has Mm -hmm. uh, 2 abilities, 1 special action, evasive maneuver, move up to 2 spaces, then recover 2 damage, and parting gift. Once during your activation you may choose a space within three spaces and roll one green die. Each other figure and object on or adjacent to that space suffers damage equal to the damage results.
0: I think that's uh, pretty Trocada loves that's, uh, yeah Dr- loves Sabine. That's that's Sabine, Sorry? right. Go, ha- go ahead Paz. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting <laughs> no, you. <laughs> that uh,
2: that feels just like Sabine in the Rebels.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's throwing she's throwing her her improvised Explosive devices. Um, like I said, uh, in Skirmish, I think Sabine will be a great fit for, for including a list with Trokada, Because uh, this, especially the parting gift, if you play Trokada right, you can, and if you if you face a list with a lot of small figures that are bunched up, you can deal a lot of damage very fast. And with her, you cannot deal, not only deal damage to, to figures, she but w- also might even remove them, so...
1: Yeah, in skirmish we don't know if he'll do the same, but of course he can, uh, Drocata, she can also do it in campaigns. Yes, yes, that,
0: that's what I want to say. We, we don't know if this is the same in skirmish, but it's very, I think it's very reasonable to assume that it's very similar in skirmish. Maybe she'll deal strain or one damage, or, or she will deal uh, one damage or one strain, I don't know, so it will be similar.
1: Can, can I just say that when I look at her I'm thinking, huh, if that's how they had made Sasuke, in the Skirmish version. Yes.
0: It, it's. You know, yeah, that's... <laughs> it's, yeah. It,
1: somehow she reminds me of a Sasuke that's workable, except that she's missing the one thing that's interesting on Sasuke right now, the current Sasuke Skirmish version, and that mm. is her ability to bring in someone on the mercenary faction, which, by the way, would fit really well on Sabine. So she wonder, could bring in Boa Fett. <laughs> so I wonder if, I wonder if she might, because there are so many things that makes me think of uh, and doing what Sasuke didn't match to do I'm wondering if maybe in her version she's getting an bring mercy? yeah maybe. maybe we will that's see why we don't know uh, or we know that she's different um anyway just a thought
0: what also what also is very interesting about all of the rebel figures in these in this uh wave is that all of them have access to recover and for the longest time i i i st- for the longest time this keyword has actually been very very insignificant in in skirmish but with Tress, who also has a lot of ways to recover and all of the other new rebel figures having at least some uh, capacity to recover damage this might actually become a thing that 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 figures stand out there and and take some some heat and then even uh, recover some of that damage and then maybe maybe be better to occupy some some terminals or be better to occupy some objective so
1: i think it's interesting that for her it's not in a, uh, again we don't know how she'll be in, in skirmish yeah and for her it's, it's automatic her, she, right so i think it's interesting here that it's combined with movement because that means that in situations where she doesn't need to move so much to get where she is you can choose to move her less and in effect in some ways you could say that it's more equivalent to to uh, to three or four movement points in that if she's moved through terrain or through enemy figures um evasive maneuver is uh, is just as good as uh, her him. And then she can choose to do that instead and recover 2 damage, which I think is actually an interesting way to, to give a recover. When that said, I think um, the one recover on Sep, which is not as big, is... I think it's interesting, because you have... At least when you're doing the ranged attack, you might have reasons to do that anyway for the accuracy, and then you get a, a recover on top, and recover one is not much. But he has so much health and a black die that... Um,
0: it could be significant, right? It could so... be significant. Especially i i do we know his card we don't know his card and and I think is it is it the one we have it actually in the in the in the spoiler it, uh, yeah. you keep you you keep you keep, you keep talking i'll I'll try to read it
1: you'd zoom enhance uh and that goes for something we haven't talked about for the other either that 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 there are you you can look a bit closer and see um what cards are there but also especially maybe what cards are there but not spoiled yet and Oh, I am really excited for what we're getting in this wave. I have to say, yeah. probably because the game is already in such a good place. Yeah.
2: Talking about talking yeah. about I was actually the recover. Uh recover is uh, sort of uh, the rebel signature. So so even yeah. even sure, when sure. it doesn't come to play that much uh it's really it's yeah. really something the rebels have and uh, uh it's a uh, it needs a um, balance between health and uh defense uh to make it uh, really uh, useful, so I think, uh, like it, you said, Zepp has 15 health, so so it might come to play more often than some of the previous heroes.
1: This is just a totally gut instinct, and I have not sort of I couldn't give you a longer argument for why, but somehow I feel like recovery is a little bit more central in or more useful in the campaign than in the skirmish. I don't know if it's got something to do with having this... Of course, you've got that in the campaign as well. But those abilities are typically on the rebels, the things where you can attack, and then you have a lot of while attacking where you could add extra damage, like um, Merciless from from Vinto or whatnot. Whereas... Um, so that's on the rebel side. I don't know that the Empire in the same way. I think, I feel in the campaign, you a little bit more often get to either under or overkill things, which makes recovery important. Whereas in, in Skirmish there are so many abilities to remove defenses or add things to the attack that, um, I don't know, I just have this gut feeling that, that Recover does less in the Skirmish than it. Yeah, you're you're know. knowingly putting
2: yeah. the figures there, and uh, you have already considered how many attacks it takes to take them out.
1: Yeah, and also in campaign more often it's not about... Uh, in, so in Skirmish it's a lot about the points and it's also about removing figures because they can hurt you, but often there are Alternate success criteria in the campaign, like you need to get to a place, or you need to control the thing, or you need to not be defeated. Um, I know often that doesn't apply to the to the allies, typically not. But but still, um, yeah.
2: On the other hand, in the campaign, um, you have to the imperial player has to decide whether to go after the ally or just ignore. Yeah. And yeah. if you ignore it, then and the recovery
0: the doesn't die. do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, I, I just yeah. read, I, I just read Zab's card, and if it would have said that he gets another attack, I would have liked the recover much more.
1: Can, can you, can you, uh, can you spoil the beans
0: for us? Uh, it's, I, I couldn't read it fully, but it's Carabast. something like if, that. He can deal one damage and one strain to adjacent figures without an action or whatever. So it's not, it's not an additional attack. Or an additional activation, it's just like dealing dealing uh, unmitigatable damage and or strain to adjacent figures, which ties in with his weapon, I guess. But it's not something I. Th- it's not something that go- that's going to help him trigger recover more often. So, which no, I I would have. If if there were additional sources of you to for you to to trigger recover for SEP, it might have been more. More of a thing in skirmish, right? So, but, but uh, didn't you mention it's not, it's not uh, looking
2: for a fight and a parting blow already? A
0: parting blow doesn't actually work. Th- I, th- I yeah, he's no, a No, he doesn't have a melee attack time. Right? Ah, matter okay. With okay. Yeah.
1: Just like. Um, the Trandoshans, which of course everyone uses, um, yeah. <laughs> they can also do a parting shot. Uh, it's called parting blow, but of course they're shooting. Now um, right. the thing is, I, okay. I, I, I've mentioned that I think guardians are maybe not the strongest right now, but I think some of the cards that allow you to take damage for uh, adjacent figures might be very interesting with um, with Seb because he has so much health. So if he's not a target, you could choose to sort of get some damage onto him instead of some of his more squishy friends in skirmish um a whole other thing is um the um uh, i love the name of his special card command card carabast that's sort of his signature uh word from from the series and uh, the one for for uh, sabine which i can't read properly but i can just see the word graffiti and see that there's the the phoenix the rebel phoenix there that's so integral and uh to her and to the series i think that's i don't know often the Character-specific cards are, are underpowered, except for a few exceptions. We're really good, and uh, I don't expect these to necessarily, or any of the new things, to be stuff you necessarily want to use. But it, it looks cool thematically. I think. I think okay. if, if you run
2: uh, Sabine, you might want her card. Yeah. yeah.
0: So pause. It. So you. So do you know what her
2: card is? I might oh. have an inkling.
0: Okay. So. Moving on, uh, we also have someone uh, reinforcing the Imperial side of things. Uh, yeah, but do you want to go over our next figure? Yes. Uh, let's see, I had zoomed in hands, so I need to
1: go to none other than Grand Admiral Thrawn. And this is, fortunately, only his campaign side. He is 6th threat, he's a leader, he has 9 health, 4 speed, a black defense die, He's got a ranged attack, which is a rainbow of green and red. Yellow. He's got two accuracy by default. And he's got two search abilities. The one is one search, for piss one. The other one is two searches, plus three damage. He's got two abilities. The one is called prediction. At the start of each round, choose one hero. If it is the first hero to activate this round, it becomes stunned. Secondly, he's got patience. When you activate a group, you may distribute among its figures different, um, like free power tokens. Those where you can decide, equal to the number of exhausted rebel activation tokens, Limit or once per round. I think this is perfect for the throne, and uh, I'm excited to see what he, um, what he gets uh, for the skirmish part. Now, Parsi, remind me if you're playing with less than four heroes. When is it that you change? Um, the uh, extra activation tokens from hero to hero is that in the end phase or in the start of round phase?
2: Uh, End of round I think.
1: I'm I'm mentioning it because I presume his prediction happening at the start of round happens during the imperial effects at the start of round. That means he needs to do the prediction before the rebels do any of the start of round uh, effects if they have any such. So... um, for better or worse, he gets to do it before they, they do that. I don't know how often that's relevant. Just
0: but didn't pass that uh, you you pass uh, the uh, the additional token at the end of the round? Yeah,
1: but there's a number of other things that are start around that the were Oh, yeah, yeah, were, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: For other start-of-round effects, yes. Yeah. Okay, so uh, just to clue our listeners into what's actually going on in the campaign side, uh, you also have a look at his command card, which is called 4C, and you can also... Only played with Fron on the board, of course. Oh, you Costs mean the zero. skirmish? Yeah, the skirmish. Yeah, cost zero and reads: use during your activation to look at the top three command cards of your opponent's deck and discard one of those deck- one of those cards. If this if its cost of, of one or lower or fewer, whatever, I can't read it fully. Uh, draw one command I think it's,
1: card if the cost is one or less.
0: Well, well, okay, if the cost is one or less, yes. So. Uh, this is great. I uh, yeah. Amazing. I can't wait to, wait to see his full skirmish uh, card to actually I think dive I'm, deep into.
1: I think I mentioned it when we searched for some spoil that I was... <laughs> I got uh, I countered by that not everything can be spies. Boy, would I have loved Thrawn to be a spy. I really... Uh, doesn't It really,
0: doesn't really fit him, right? I mean, he has... He has spies. He has access yeah. to spies. Spice with, with, with no grease. And no, but it's just for me spice can, is
1: Spice is all about the, all their cards about cheeky stuff and and understanding your enemy and turning it against him and I think that in a nutshell. Throne is a tactician. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, yeah. I mean he does he does something similar, right? With his command card. It's something that's that's akin to um, intelligence leak. Yeah. So I the theme is there. I know that there's no obvious synergy, but if you're running him and also some, some figures with cross-training or, yes. God forbid, Rook, who might have the spy trade, we don't know. He, we, or, we will see when he comes out. So it might be synergizing well. So.
1: so there's a lot of cards we haven't seen. And I know that I can get everyone, and I'm sure it's, But how I would love... And I think maybe it's not healthy for the game. So I'm just talking fantasies now and not, not healthy... Uh, practices but how i would love to see something similar to cross training but for leaders would you get the spy trait i mean it would be i, I think it would be like, i just wanted so i could put it on me so because spy no 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 anyway no. he's not uh, he's not a, he's not a spy
2: but this this is the I campaign card. who knows what the what I the know, skirmish card has but have
1: have you ever seen the skirmish cards have a different trait uh,
2: probably not uh-huh.
1: <laughs> we
0: got you there Parsi we got you
1: oh, you're dangling it Parsi that's cruel
0: yeah, yeah. okay Parsi since you are uh, do, uh, does any of you uh, have anything to say additionally about Thrawn I mean he's great I like him I I think he's
1: great for skirmish as well and um,
0: yeah it's... I'm more excited about skirmish with him Yeah. I have to say the campaign is okay but he's probably I... not something I want to run even I... for 6th fret I think Let's something
1: see. like pre- prediction is the interesting thing. Is it's probably never going to proc. It's never going to get that stun in, but it can get be determined. I mean, it's one of those abilities that purely by using it, you force your opponents to do other things than they would otherwise have done. Uh, I think there is there
0: is some some good synergy with the. Um, with the deck from Heart of the Empire, where you, ah, oh, I can't remember the card you, that the first the first hero to activate gains, I think a swing yeah, yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. You can if you run that together, you can create some interesting synergy and yeah. and really really pressure, uh take the pressure on the rebels to to uh, activate certain heroes first to avoid all this negative stuff. So, I, um, yeah, yeah, uh, that's okay. That's true. So yeah, so uh, Posi, do you wanna? Uh, read us the last new figure we have in this uh, new article. This is
2: uh, a mercenary card, Hondo Onaka, friend for hire, smuggler and leader, 6 points, uh, 9 health, 5 speed, so he runs very fast, and has uh, white, yellow, uh, white defense die, and uh, a ranged attack, uh, uh, blue, red and green, and searches for plus 1 damage and plus 2 accuracy. And then he has uh, very nice abilities. Negotiate. When you declare an attack, the heroes must choose one. Either increase threat by two, or apply two damage to the attack results. And ulterior motive. When you enter a space containing a crate, increase threat by two. Limit one spare crate.
0: I love this. I've been waiting for the the mechanic in Negotiate for basically since the game is out. This is this is just very very great.
1: I have to say I was not keen on him in the TV series. I love him to bits in Amada and I love the way they've translated who, so I like the kind of character he is in a sense just I didn't fancy him particularly in the way he, he is in TV. It's just like there are several things in it that I appreciate without really like acknowledging without really being keen on it and and so I like the idea of what he is though I didn't like how he was executed in the series and I really like how that, that idea has been transported here I think it's it's really great and it's really fun um I still think he's maybe a bit expensive to put in unless you can make something with what he can otherwise do when he sy- synergizes with your uh, with your uh, with your class I think his subtitles friend for hire is hilarious he's a friend or higher,
0: only <laughs> if you can pay him. Yeah, and I uh, am
1: so curious to see his uh, uh, skirmish card. I have to yeah, say, I yeah. mentioned it before. Maybe I don't know. At least I know I've been thinking and writing in places. But I really would love him to be able to like do something where he's in different factions. But he's a little bit, he's a little bit sort of a loose cannon in that what he does is is good for you, but it's also a little bit good for him. so you have to. That's what they do in Amada and it's excellent, and I'd love to see them implement if they're able to something in MPL because it's hilarious. It, in the series, he's he's always doing stuff where he's uh, they're doing things and they're doing something for the rebel cause, but then he's also doing something for someone else and for himself. It's it, he's he's uh, he's always helping others as well as the one who's actually hired him and befriended him. But they're benefiting a little bit more from it, a tiny bit than others. Which is I don't know how you'd do it mechanically, but I just love to see it.
0: Yeah, the I think the Twin Troopers or or maybe even Kenny on on Science Finest they also did a review of this card before, uh, shortly before Worlds, and for skirmish they expected him to do some command card shenanigans instead of the the negotiate um, effects he already has or he he has in the campaign. But I actually think that this will be victory point based in, uh, instead of something to do with command cards. So. This would be probably that when he attacks, either your enemy or your enemy needs Something to like choose to give or... you two two victory points, or the attack gains two two damage. So this would be the direct equivalent, but that might be too strong because if you can give give him additional attacks, you basically either deal a very large amount of damage or or you get victory points for free. And after the third attack, he basically paid for himself. So
1: okay, just I'm just. Uh brainstorming here what i could imagine him doing and it's just again inspired by his amazing uh uh, abilities in amada but what i could imagine him doing is that um if you have him you draw two cards from your deck and keep one and shuffle the other one back in the deck and your opponent draw one card and discards one card what uh... it's weird that's why it's so hundo
0: so basically... Yeah, I know, but how would this, how would this be... <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't a purely positive no, effect for you, I mean...
1: So the difference is that you get to look at two cards and choose to keep one and shuffle the other one back in the deck while your opponent gets a card and then has to toss a card away. So the opponent gets to distill their deck a little bit or their hand a little bit, um, but you get to improve yours without losing anything. If that yeah,
0: I... Yeah, yeah I, I know what you're saying. But the, the thing is that his command card, which I can't fully read, it has to do with, with uh, spending victory points and then lowering the, the damage on, the, on an incoming attack on Hondo. It also references victory points. So I really, really strongly think that something yeah, I, with victory points is going on with him in the skirmish card. So.
1: It, it says something along the lines here, use while defending. Uh, pay your opponent X number of victory points. And apply uh, minus X damage to the attack. Then you become focused.
0: Yes, that's that seems to be correct. Yes. Let's make a Which, deal, very befitting. Yeah, you give your opponent cards,
1: and then you add that to the to, you reduce that from the damage, and then you become yeah, you give focused. him victory points of yeah. cards. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. hondo, very yeah. hondo.
0: and this is I. This is for zero cost. This is amazing. I mean, I, I can't I, I can't this I can't think this card exists. I mean, this is. But it's very so hard, though,
1: because you're basically you're giving your opponent something you don't want him to have. Uh, but the nice yeah. thing is it's use while defending, so you basically get to see uh, all the stuff before you choose. It's the only- on
0: the lamb, just better. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on. And he can also use on the lamb. You cannot, in Skirmish, you will not be able to kill this guy. I don't know, he, he can defend all, all, I don't know. And, and he has a white die. Of course what it's you can choose to do is you
1: can also choose to do it just to get focus. Yeah, sure. Give your opponent one victory point. That's if just
0: I don't give I mean. any victory oh. points.
1: Oh yeah, you can of course see zero. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh that's that and is... just
0: get, and just get the focus, yeah.
1: There was that T V series which I don't I didn't see yeah. it, but I just I just recall all those memes with memes with It's So Raven. That there, it's so Hondo.
0: <laughs> it's so Hondo, yeah. I don't know. He's and, great. He's very great. If you look um, at his
1: his miniature scope, that is also much more befitting than the art on the card. Because on the yeah the card he has a has his, his blaster gun, but actually when you look at his mini, he's basically reaching his hand out and he's he's ready to do do some deals. And maybe he's got his hand on his gun on the other pocket. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I've really grown to like the guys. Even though, as I mentioned, I I didn't necessarily I liked all the things he did, but just not the way they presented him. It's contradictory.
0: Um, yeah. Okay, any l- any parting words about Hondo from Parsi, maybe?
1: Well, um,
2: no, I think he will be fun to play in both campaign and skirmish. Yeah,
1: okay. and, and he has a... I mean, we can only see half of his... There's an a, a upgrade card in there, which can, as far as I can see, can be used on unique only, which is something with Lion Ambush. And I hope, mm-hmm. hope, hope that it's something that that does interesting things with deployment, so that somehow you can do... And it says something with deploy. So I I think and it's one point unique where you can somehow have one of your unique characters deploy differently than the rest of your group, Um, which is, again, I'm sorry to draw the parallel, something I know from Amada. I can see it in Legion. And they're actually introducing it in uh, Star Wars X-Wing 2nd Edition. And I think that could be so interesting to have him deploy somewhere else than in your deployment zone.
0: Yeah. The, The thing is that this card actually... neutral so you can use it in any faction yeah yeah. Yeah, exactly i would have i mean uh, the the mercenaries don't need that much help anymore (laughs) they are very good right now but but this seems to be perfect for the mercenary faction thematically i mean rebels maybe even rebels but the empire usually you don't maybe uh, maybe uh,
2: with strong you can lie in ambush
0: yeah, maybe, uh, but not, maybe with, with the Inquisitor or something like that. But I don't know. Thematically, I would see it in the mercenary faction. But it is what it is. It's still a good card. It, it's, it might be a good card depending on what it actually says. So. Okay, so that's Hondo, and that's all of the figure packs you're going to get in the next release, which, like we said, going to take uh, maybe eight, eight to ten weeks or so. Should be out by then. And we will talk about it in, in, in more depth and in more de- more detail when they are actually released. Okay, that concludes our game discussion for this episode. And uh, we probably won't talk a lot about or talk at all about play experiences because next episode we will have Alistair on. And we will also maybe talk about our preparation for the European Championships I plan on on getting some some quality gaming time in on the weekend uh to test out uh the list or refine the list and the comment deck so and I think yep will do similarly so we have a lot to talk about next episode. So. Okay with that uh we will head off into the the force. Uh Pazzi any anything you want to uh turn our listeners attention to before we go?
2: Well uh, it's it's late uh, so nothing Pazzi, comes to mind here.
0: So- Okay, it's yeah, it's it's late for you, Liv. It's always late unless unless it's summer. Then it's always morning or something well, it, like that. Well,
2: uh, it has been very sunny okay. this week, so even when I go go to bed uh, very late or one a.m. or later, I tend to wake up at eight. So, <laughs> so the yeah, sunshine yeah. has uh, its drawbacks.
0: You need you need better curtains. You you need a you need a bunker. Well, it's. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah i have uh shatters, but uh anyway it's it's just uh uh summer coming thing so
0: yeah yeah okay um Jeppe, what's cooking for you in the next few days other than trying out your list or trying new lists for, for euros you still there he'll be he'll
2: be back Am soon. I still
0: there okay oh he'll be back did you write? oh he <laughs> okay <laughs> <Jeppe>. <laughs>
2: He's back now <laughs>
0: Yeah, but you just got back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we actually, uh, we, I, I was heading off the show uh, and wanted to talk. Uh, wanted to ask you if you have anything. Uh, what's going on in the next few days for you, other than preparing <laughs> for Euros?
1: <laughs> what a crazy time this is. Uh, countdown is two weeks to Euros, three weeks to me having major surgery. I'll basically almost go directly from the hospital uh, into the. To the surgery, it feels like. Sorry, from the almost directly from the airport to the hospital. Now I'll get home and sleep one night. Um, major surgery. It's two months till I'm moving uh, town and countries. And it's two and a half months till I'll take up my new job. Teaching games like in Assault for, exciting, uh, for a living. Yeah. Crazy, crazy summer. A lot of firsts. And um, I'm really, really happy going for to Europeans, despite the fact that I am not at all up to snuff in terms of... Uh, practice of gaming, I think I would have do much better game-wise if I were to play Amada. But the thing is, I'm not going to Europeans for for uh, for some um, grand results or self-gratification from doing well. I'm going there to engage with the Imperial Salt community. And that's why I've, I'm prioritizing it, despite the fact that I'm, I'm a better Amada player. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm I, really don't, I don't think we
0: need to... I, I don't think we have to play good to have fun there.
1: <laughs> not at all. Uh, and and uh, that's... An imp- important part of enjoying it, that uh, realization, and it most significantly, it'll be a great, great, great distraction uh, that last weekend before I'm having that that major surgery. Yeah, um, yeah. So exciting times. Uh, and though right now those two weeks till we're going to Europeans are not going to be so much about imperial assault, though I, I should practice, but about all the intricacies of of uh, of buying a house in a different country and all the challenges, despite the fact that it's. Both countries are with European,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, okay. So, and I, of course, I, I'll i have a little bit of time on the weekend, so I'll be trying to get some games in on Vassal,
1: you and me both,
0: you and, and me both. also a bit of next week. And then we will have our next episode in about a week from now. Depends on how good I, or how fast I can patch up the hole we have in this episode to the Discord outage, <laughs> but shouldn't be too bad. So, with that. Uh, I wish you farewell, and we'll see us next week with uh, a good or a more detailed report on what Alistair did at the Worlds, and with another episode. Until then, I wish you. Bye-bye. May the force be
1: with you.